When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Blue Monday here on the Blue Room. I am Matt Jones, joining me as ever to get your week started in a great way on all things Everton is Dave Downey. Dave, how are you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, not too bad. I um, think don't feel as negative as I would against Manchester City, because let's face it, um, didn't think we particularly get any result down there. So... Yeah, the more important ones to come, isn't it, on Monday? Um, and those who are listening to us, I know we're sort of later today, but there's a big, big game going on for us tonight, isn't there, with uh, Crystal Palace against Chelsea. Um, so I've actually gone a little bit too far ahead of things today, Matt, because I was just looking at, at the league table, which I tend to do a lot these days. And if Chelsea is the ifs now, people might even turn over me saying this, but if Chelsea win away at City, at, at Palace tonight... Then we play them on Monday. If we beat them next Monday, we're two points behind them, same amount of games. So yeah. uh, they're, they're right in it, aren't they? Like, yeah, that, well, I should, have, I should have said that. They're making assumptions, but yeah. you're absolutely right. And there's a few other sign, uh, signs of uh, clubs that are in there with us as well. Um, massive win for Brentford, of course, at the weekend, but also Nottingham Forest look like you know they're right there for us, just just ahead of us. So. It looks like as well we've got, I'm not going to say an easier run of games, but the big ones that we've had recently, Spurs, City, um, you know, the ones where you'd go as far as saying expect more points, but more of a chance of getting points are about to come uh, right in our line now. Yeah, the last three games, I think, following off from that Villa, nil-nil, I've not seen like getting the news after that that Decore was going to be out. Like Fulham away with one midfielder, Spurs. Who you know? Got, I think a few months ago, Spurs. Maybe when, when we played them, actually, they, they were a bit of a shadow team. Where they had like two centre back, sorry, two full backs playing centre back. Madison was out. I think they had a couple of injuries in other areas of the pitch as well, and it felt like they were quite vulnerable then. But you know, that was that team that came to us in that lunchtime kickoff felt very much like their strongest eleven. So obviously, apart from Son. Yeah. And then obviously City, like it felt like that, that that little group of three games is always going to be difficult. And I think someone had said to me before that, and this is quite negative, you're gonna get two points from those three. I, I probably would have been all right with it. Like, like especially the circumstances of Fulham with the with the one midfielder and, and all that. But but yeah, and I think, you know, maybe that's where we should start the podcast by saying free cheers for Sheffield United and free cheers for for Newcastle at the weekend for for helping us there. Because I like before we get into to the game, I think Dave for, for us realistically we, we weren't going to make ground up on teams this weekend so I think to be able to come out the weekend and sort of be you know locked in the same pattern that we were in with, with Luton yeah. locked in the same pattern that we were in with Forest potentially with, with Crystal Palace depending on what happens in the next couple of hours here like that that feels about as good as we could have realistically hoped for yeah I think that's an excellent point I think the six pointers in everybody's sort of saying is about to come along soon isn't it the, the good thing for us is we've got Palace at home and Forest at home there. If they're the two that are sort of 
we're aiming to finish above. We've got both of them at Goodison, um, which feels a lot more comfortable. And it's funny how quickly that changed, isn't it, this this season? Because we were really happy to play away from home. That doesn't feel as confident as it did when we won those four in a row. And that's not just because we haven't won away from home, but I don't think we've been lining up as well as we have done earlier this season. And then, of course, there's the injuries we've spoken about as well. Um, after that game against City and a lot of discussions on social media about the Calvert-Lewin issue. Um, by that is him. I, I thought it was really negative to do so by people who were criticising, overly criticising him against City. Because what's he supposed to do? Who Who, who is he going to have close to him when you're trying to put as many people behind the ball against Manchester City away? Let's face it, 90% of sides do that uh, away at Manchester City in the Premier League. So, you know, we said, didn't we, in last week's show, not verbatim to what you said, but you kind of look at it and think you really need to get this out, out, out of the way um, without putting the kids in the team and all that sort of thing. We really needed to get it done and dusted and then focus on what's to come, really, because um, with, with Harlem back as well, to only get beat 2-0 there, you know, there'll be a lot of teams that get hammered a hell of a lot worse than that. So, but the performance wasn't too bad, to be honest with you. If you listen to the post-match, yeah. with Les, um, the performance wasn't too bad. It's just, it's, it's when you just realise you're playing probably the best club side in world football. You know, you need to remember that when you're coming up against them away from home. So, you tick that one off. And, and like you said last week, I think that's spot on. You've then got, what, nine or ten days to get everybody sorted out and into the right mentality and position when you've got this six-pointer coming up on Monday against Palace. Yeah, I get, I've, I've not listened to, to post-match yet, but it's, you know, I, I I think with games, like, I think City and Liverpool are away, you're the two that I do this for. Like, I, I just go with no expectation. And then yeah. there's always a point, and, like, I, I got beyond this point earlier in the season when we played Liverpool, where... You go in with no expectation, so you you know you're doing that self preservation thing, aren't you? Where I'm expecting nothing, so I can't be hurt when we ultimately get nothing. But I think there always comes a point in, in games like that when you get to like 60, 70, and you're thinking maybe, and like you you cross into that threshold of being, or you think, ah, yeah, I'm I'm here now. I'm going to be gutted if we don't get something here. And like the Liverpool game earlier in the season, it felt like that because. Probably because they should have been down to 10 men as well. We had a few decisions. And like It got to a point where I was like, we're doing all right here. We, we could hold these out and get a draw. I didn't quite get there on Saturday. Like I, I think maybe another thing. We got to 75 and maybe you would have thought a little bit different. But it was just the fact that they had um, Grealish, uh, Bernardo on the bench still to potentially bring on. It was one of them where it felt like, you know, we're close here. We're close to getting somewhere, yeah. but I still feel like it's, it's going to be beyond us. And I think, I think the reason for that is because... like. I sort of always felt like we'd have to score in the game. And I kind of felt like we might get a goal before before we started. Because I think they've had a bit of a ropey time defensively, haven't, haven't they? Um, I think they conceded. They've lost the first clean sheet for ages for City. Yeah, they've had a really poor run of form in terms of conceding. They haven't kept many clean sheets in like the last 10 games, I don't think. Yeah, but like, I think I think what they did, like this is just Pep Guardiola, probably one, being a clever manager, and two, having just loads of amazing plays to pick from. But I think... I think the way in which they set up exposed one problem we've got and one problem we might have between now and the end of the season. And I think the problem that we've got is that we are a slow team and like we are really slow. And you think about teams that have gone there and there's not many of them, but you think about teams who've gone there and just got something mad down the years. Like Liverpool have done it occasionally. Obviously they're just a, a, a good side um, with, with loads of good attacking players, but they've once Palace 
who exactly. have got just a lot of fast lads at the top end of the pitch, and they can just, you know, they can find an outlet in games sometimes, and they can just they can just trouble them. And I think when you watch yours, and you're right about Carvalho, and he effectively played up against four centre backs on his own because they played four centre backs, didn't they? And Stones, um, Akanji, Diaz, and Ake. Did he play? Yeah, they were the four. Yeah, weren't they? he played it yeah. across the, the back four. Um, and it just felt like whenever he got the ball, either Dom didn't hold it up well enough, and then if he could fight off a couple of defenders to get hold of the ball, everybody in our team is so slow and knackered that by the time they got up to him, City got the shape back and, and the danger had kind of gone, or we played that second pass and there was nobody else to pass it to. So I think that's that's an issue that we've, we've got, and listen, there's nothing we can do about that. Um, I think the other thing as well that Guardiola did, which was, was very sensible from his point of view, is that he just played all his big lads, didn't he? In, yeah. in the sense in the center half, you know, you, you don't see Kyle Walker get dropped very often for, for City at the moment, do you? Because he's, he's been playing so well. Um, and I think the fact that he went with four centre backs, um, said a lot. And um, obviously had Harlem back in the team as well, starting. And I think they had those five and Rodri, who were all big lads in the box. You know, as much yeah. as they're great on the ball and, and can pass and, and move <laughs> as, as well as anyone, and take up really intelligent positions to be technical. Um. The fact that they just dealt with everything we could in terms of set pieces was just it just sort of cut us up in the knees, didn't it? Like every time we had the ball, you're thinking, right, here we go. This is where we've been successful in recent weeks. And every time we launched into the box, one of their massive fellas just headed it away. Yeah. Um and I think that's something the teams will look at now between now and the end of the season when they play us. You know, I think we've got Brentford at home who, who go between a back five and a back four. I think they play a back five because they, they want to combat that. And I think teams will see that without Decore in particular, when it comes to scoring goals, if you can stop Everton scoring from set pieces, you're halfway there. So yeah, I think I think he's going to have to find, I think that that's the challenge for the manager now. And it's not entirely based on this game, but I think he's going to have to find the spark in the final third from somewhere, be it another set piece routine, be it a player coming back in Decore, hopefully, or if he can't do it, somebody else coming into form. Because it was, it was around this time last year that McNeil, Started to pick up speed, wasn't it? And it was like, right, here we go. This this is the player who is who could potentially help us and carry us and, and get the goals we need here. And he looks absolutely gassed at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of feels like somebody else has got to do it. Who that is, I, I don't know. But given the way in which City exposed a couple of our, I know I've gone on a bit here. I know, given away, um, given the way City exposed a couple of our big weaknesses, I think other teams will try and replicate that mm. um, in the coming weeks. Or they will be able to do it as well as City because they're not as good as City, but. I think that's just something I thought a little bit after the game at the weekend that he's going to have to find a, a different way of doing things in the final third if teams just play the big lads when they play against us. Yeah, and we're playing against one of those sides with that. With Crystal Palace, they've got a oh, lot Mateta, of... Oh, Mateta starts, doesn't he? Like 100%. Like he, yeah. he will be in the team like just to, just so he's another big body in the box who can combat us having our big bodies in the box. Yeah. I mean, do you know, as, as, as well as I think we've done... Um, I'm not mentioning that word again, why we're on the number of points that we're on. But we are, have always been, I think, under Dice, a bit of a one-trick pony with that sort of things. The set, set pieces have been um, so crucial for us. They're the, the you know, bread and butter stuff we need to do so well. But I actually don't think it's too difficult. For, and, and West Ham are obviously in a, a, a city with exactly the the example of this, but obviously in a, in a larger sort of capacity than anybody else we've played who find it pretty simple to sort that out with the big lads that they've got there. I think also as well, where we have to watch, and particularly at home, um, because we will put a few fellas 
into the box. We try to play a little bit more positivity, trying to get the ball forward, trying to run with the ball forward. Issue when we get that, you've got our two big centre-backs who you want to throw in there. Um, you know, you've got the midfielder, I've got to say Onana's there. Um, you've obviously got Calvert-Lewin or Beto if he's on. You've got half of the 11 in, in there. So that opens the door for counter-attack. And I think you'd see that all day from City. But also, again, I think that's where Palace are underestimated. They've got some quick lads who can get forward. I mean, that that is that's the conundrum I think that the Dice has got. I mean, I don't I don't try to be overly critical of him, but when he was the ideal manager that we ended up getting last season, um he he, he seemed to have a way in which to control games a lot better in which he has done this season. I'm not just talking about results and, and goals we scored and things like that. Um, I'm more talking about changing things up. Now, where he would... The first thing he'd say to us if he was sitting on this show talking to us, he'd be looking at us saying, where do I look? Where, tell me where, I'm, where, where I should do anything here, lads. And that, that was a little bit of what me and uh, me and Les spoke about at the weekend, um, was, you know, what's the alternative? What else can we do? You've got Beto to put on there. He's not an answer when... He's not exactly the same as Calvert-Lewin, but you're still looking for the same things to, to put the ball up forward to a big lad who can, who can control it. And let's face it, they're not his, uh, his best attributes anyway. So, you know, I, I, I look at it sometimes. I think you know, the best you can get to hope for in most games is a draw. And that's with playing. We have done, to be fair, um, defensively being quite solid, you know. Um, you talk about the set pieces. I think the stat there is there's any Arsenal who've got the same amount as does in the Premier League. Yeah, and but like and that is that is good, but I've just sort of had a little look back there. And I think since since that twenty seven pass move against Newcastle, it was that was on December the seventh. We scored two goals from open play in the Premier League. How many, well, total? How many goals have we scored in total? Um, not well, not not too bad, but like the two that we scored from open play was one was in the very next game. That was the core against Chelsea. Then yeah. we had Dobbin in that game, which was deflected out from a corner, wasn't to the edge of the box, and he rattled yeah. it in. Burnley away two 0 again, two set pieces. Uh, obviously, the second one was second phase. Gomez at Spurs and two one defeat out from a corner to the edge of the box. Who's three one at home to City? Harrison scores from open play. That's the other one. And then you've got um, no goals at Wolves, no goals against Villa. No goals against Fulham. Two against Spurs the other week, which were both from set pieces, and obviously none at the weekend. So like that, like we are good at set pieces, and it's helping us. But if if teams can can combat that, like like City did at the weekend, then it's it's one of them. It's like, well, there's no other way. And like, obviously, the caveat to all that is that all of those games, pretty much, um, apart from the first half of, of Burnley, were without Decore, um, and he he is just. You know, you say you, you know, say about a one-trick pony there, Dave. Like the pony's name is Abdullah, isn't it? Because yeah. <laughs> without, without him, like not none of this works out of out of possession, uh, in possession when it when it's open play. So I'm not getting not getting like don't get over the top after the a defeat of City, but it's just a, a couple of little things that that did kind of spring to mind there. Um, have you got a player of the weekend from from an Everton's perspective? Like Bruno Guimaraes is not allowed. You can't pick him, um, despite his two goals against Forest at the weekend. Um, but I think, I think, I think for me, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. I think I'm still going to go Bramfleeth, even after. You just, you're just saying your Everton weekend, or you saying? Yeah, Everton. Yeah, Everton, Everton player. I think I'm going to go Bramfleeth still. I think, I think he still has a a good, good game. Um, in the main, I think obviously yeah. the Harlem thing. It's it's one of them where it feels like 
he's not played against him before and he just thinks he can give him give him a little bump and it's like, well, yeah. no, this fella's made of of steel, basically. Yeah. Um but I think for other than that, the ninety minutes that preceded that pretty much he was he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Um and it's hard not to have him near the top of the list most weeks. That that's any how good he's been for us, isn't he? You could probably throw a um, an argument in for him, even if he has a poorer game, um, he's still going to be up and around the best that we have. But my, I'm going, I think it's the second time I've mentioned him in the last two games, and it's Godfrey for me. The reason being, uh, the, the outlet for City constantly in that first half was over to Doku. And besides getting past him a couple of times when he run past him and playing neat little one-twos with whoever come over to him, I thought, uh, I thought Godfrey handled them pretty well. Uh, in, in in what he was, um, he was he was on his own as well. He didn't really have anybody else back with him. But he stood his ground really well. He's obviously quicker quick enough to handle him. And I didn't see Doku creating that many chances for, for City. I know he likes to cut inside. I know he likes to hit a shot on his right foot. Maybe try and kill one in the top corner, um, outside the eighteen yard box. But I think Godfrey, when it come over to him, handled him pretty well. So I'm going to go for him in, against City. But obviously. There weren't many to choose from, sadly. Yeah, there were, I think there were a few rash moments where, like, if he had a bad ten minutes, didn't he, in the first half, where, like, but like again, like watching that at the time, I was thinking, oh no, where we go? It's it's Joe Linton against Godfrey all over again. This, but what do you expect, Thomas? That that's like, the thing. I think Doku is going to skin players, isn't he? Like, yeah, he's a very also, very good dribbler. But also, how, how many games has Godfrey played recently? That would, that would have been his third start of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, how much can you ask of that? Really, I mean, you know, it's 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 another indictment of um, what Dice thinks of Patterson, really, isn't it? The fact that 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 Godfrey comes in and he's only played three games and he's coming up against one of the best players in in the Premier League. Um, I think that Patterson just doesn't even want to sit on the bench at times. But um, for for Godfrey coming back in, uh, having had been out in the cold for such a long time, um, I I think he. He, he deserves a bit of credit for what he did there. And like you said, I think the, there were spells in that game where I think Guardiola's obviously looked at that pre-match and thought, yeah, we can probably get along there. That's why he's put Doku in there, I think, because he's lightning quick. He's full of, you know, he's a he's got all sorts of tricks going and stuff like that. Then I think he put uh, Grealish on when Godfrey went off injured, sort of injured. And um, that, that sort of looked better as well. So he's obviously targeted that side of the pitch against us. But in all of those circumstances, I I think he did all right. He wasn't a fall three of the goals, was he? No. Do you know what? Do you know what I liked about his performance? Actually, like thinking back to some of his games where his head has come off, like the Newcastle one I mentioned, where yeah. he got skinned by Gillian over and over again the first half, and then Isaac walked past him, doesn't he, for that that horrific fourth goal? We can see it that night, and there's another game he played last season as well against United, where away. It just felt like they were just lashing the ball over his head the entire game and, and Sancho and Anthony were just running in behind. Like, I think there would have been potential, I think, for Saturday to go that way. And like I said, there were a couple of times where Doku just got past him and created yeah. like an opening. And, you know, that's when I thought, oh no, here we go. He's, he's going to have one of those games again. But I vividly remember him actually doing a good bit of play um, in the box and heading it back to Pickford and then getting in front of Doku, I think, and winning a foul. And it was like, right, you've recovered now. That That's good. Like, yeah. Whereas in the past, sometimes, when he has, has a couple of little moments in the space of five minutes, he, he finds it dead hard to, to recover. Yeah. And you can sort of see that he's, he's sort of careering away with, with himself and, and getting himself down. But he just kind of kept his head screwed on a little bit better at the weekend, the fourth. 
Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think he's a bit of an headless chicken at times because he's so quick. I think he he acknowledges that as his best attribute is bombing forward as often as he possibly can defensively. You know, I don't I don't think there's been too many occasions where we've thought, wow, he's a t- he's a top either full back or he's a top centre half when you're playing three at the back. I don't think that's what I see his future for with us. Um, you know, you still have many people screaming that you'd want him on the pitch ahead of Michael Keane, but that's not really that's not really something to praise, is it? Um I'm I'm glad I'm glad that he's shown that he can still perform because like I say, he looked like a, he was on his way out. Um certainly not to a Premier League side, I wouldn't have thought either. Um, with the bit of context that we had, I think early doors when he started playing for us, I think like most most players when they come in as young, you start going a bit too far, saying, oh, he's going to be top class. You'll see him playing for England this season and stuff like that. You're going to get that when, particularly in our situation, where you can't really rave about players that we have coming in um, all of the time, certainly not in the last few years. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think there's a sense of maturity that we saw against City because it would have been very, very easy for him to just try and get forward as often as he can and whip across him for, for Calvert-Lewin. Um, the, the one thing I wanted to move on was with the Calvert-Lewin thing in itself. And, you know, I'm, I am I started getting all sorts on, on social media for saying, I think that was the, the wrong game to actually target him as, as, half, as hard as he has been to criticise him as hard as... Oh, right, uh, okay. I thought you meant like in terms of like targeting him with the ball. Not... Yeah, I mean, what what can you expect? And people are saying, oh, you know, but he still didn't hold it up. I'm thinking, well, if he did hold it up, you've got nobody within 15, 20 yards of him because we're trying to stop them from breaking forward. I thought it was thankless task against City. Um, and that's all I simply said, but the amount of people that just consistently just, you know, can't, can't stop calling them all sorts like calling him shit. He's not mm. a Premier League player anymore. I actually had sympathy for him against City. I mean, that that's you know, it's by the by when you consider he hasn't scored for what now 17, 18 games, something yeah. like that. Last time he scored, I mean, that in itself, um, in a bit of a nutshell, is what we have an issue with there because you've got him and you've got Beto and you've got nobody else unless the core is in there. And we've got what 14 games left, 14 games to save our season to save our um. Save our state in the in the in the Premier League. That that's quite scary when you think the core is still not back in there. Mm. Um, I think he'll be back that. on Monday. I think he'll be back Monday. Yeah. Core, yeah. I really hope so, mate. But like I said to you at the start, there's so many six pointers we've got there. Thankfully, at home, um, you know, and even even like Sheffield United, we're sort of relying on so many like. Strange games, say strange games. So many games that you, it makes you stop, take a stand back, and think, "Wow, how bad are we?" And I'm relying on Sheffield United to do one like two games all season to go yeah. to. Lose. It's weird, isn't it? Like we're still, you put those ten points back on, like the points this team have actually got, and like we're we're still a mid-table team. Like we're still, yeah, yeah, we're still yeah. not totally disconnected from the top half or, or top eight. Like it's. And yeah, four it's... points behind Newcastle. Newcastle is like European starting to think Brighton as well. We're going to be four points behind them. Yeah, so it's it's, it's, it's frustrating, Newcastle. isn't it? But it's it's just the sensation around seeing yourself in the bottom three, yeah. isn't it? Like, yes. and all, all rational thought would suggest that they've been they've got X amount of points in the first half without the deduction. They should be able to do it again in the second half. Obviously, maybe not as good because there's a few tired bodies. Um, the squads starting to look at. Like it's feeling the wear and tear a little bit. Calvert Lewin's not playing as well, but you know this this is still a team that can keep clean sheets frequently. 
has got some decent players in it. So you, you'd like to think that that we can do it, but but yeah, on on Carvalho, it's like it's 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 just so cruel. I think that for so long it was like, God, we need this lad fit again, and now he's having his best run of fitness for years, and he can't can't score a goal, can he? It's um, but like even so, they like. And this this might sound harsh, but I think even at Harvard Lewin, who was on zero out of ten in terms of confidence, still feels like our best option up front. Wow. Like that's obviously we've not seen loads of better. We've seen even even less of Chimiti, but you know, Beto's cameo was just hilarious the weekend, wasn't it? You know, the one where he went ran through and he was clearly offside and he spooned it miles wide. And then there's another one where he's clearly five yards offside and he somehow rattles that in in the corner. Um like he just doesn't seem like in tune with anyone, and like that's that might not be surprising because he's not he's not played much footy with them. But I don't know. Like I, I'm still waiting to see signs or or any kind of outline of a footballer that is going to be worth twenty five million pounds in in a year or so. Like it's it's just not part of his debut against against Doncaster. It's it's just not been there for me. But listen, um, but I also think that with Dice having persisted with Calvert Lewin for so long now. Um, you've got to sort of stick with him while the, when the core is back as well, and I feel like as soon as the core is back, that Dom will become a, a better player. Like obviously, part of this goalless run was when the core was in the team, but it just feels like as as a pair, they just they just work a lot better, and they will both get the best out of each other. So I think Palace on on Monday all being well, you you just get them both as your, your front two again. Yeah, I think that that's a that's an excellent point, but. The thing that say guilty of it's all it's the only hope we've got really is the core coming back in there. Um but I just want to ask you in general about about Calvert Lewin. He, he he overly I think it's fair the criticism he's received up to a point. Completely writing the lad off to this point now. People are saying, oh, he's not even a Premier League striker. Um, you know, you go from the time where he's had one season where he's bagged over 20 goals in a season, you know, is now sort of it's it's now or never, it's just not gonna happen for him. He's in his mid-20s now. Um, you know, it, it, it's easy to get that out of your mind. I think he's still a kid, but he's not. Um do you do you still see him having like a a future of a quality Premier League striker with us? Because um I d I don't think it's there anymore, Matt. And I I hate to say it because I, I you know He's led the line for us on his own for quite some time now in terms of seasons and years. We've traditionally been like that as well, just having one man up front or one decent man up front for since the what well, years before Moyes, really. But it's, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Like being honest, like in, in this system, no. I, I don't I don't I don't think so. Because I think playing up front in, in this way takes it's quite taxing, I think. Yeah. And like his 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 body has, has been through so much of all the rehab and injuries and rehab and injuries he's had down the years. Um, and I don't really think, like, if, if, if you think about, like, Carvalho when he first came in and, like, and that season we had on the silver where he was playing really well but not scoring the goals, like, like that version of Carvalho would have been perfect for the way we play now because he was, like, robust and he'd run into the channels and he was a great foil for good attacking midfield players, which we had then in, in Sigerson and Richarlison. Um, like if we had him now, like he'd be such a great foil for for Decore. Um, mm. but like that, that sort of vibrancy has just gone from his game a bit. I think because he's got older and his, his game's changed and his body's changed. But I just think of the injuries as well. So yeah, I, think, I think that's fair to say with his injuries that 
I think that as well, you need to add on to the fact that the consistency that you find from a player who's been out for so long and you're stepping into a side that's changed quite a bit when you've got, well, you keep mentioning the core being out, you've got him being out, but, you know, like I said on, on uh, against City and people are saying, you know, I don't want the lad to play in an Everton shirt anymore. I'm saying, well, look, look who he's playing against here. There are circumstances in which you think that's not really his fault. I can, I can see that to an extent because... Sometimes, even when you're playing against sides where you really need to be better, where the criticism comes at him is holding the ball up. But then the opposite of that is, who's he giving it to? Have we got a load of lads bombing it forward? Have you got Addison one side? Have you got McNeil the other side? He's just able to lay it off to him, get himself into the box. There's a couple of chances that, that Les mentioned there in the last few games where he's just never felt like he's the first, he's the man across his, his defender. Some balls have been whipped in across the floor and he should be the first one there. To just get his foot to it and try and you know put it in in the net, just none of that from him either. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm edging towards thinking that he's not he's not going to be what we all thought he was going to be really. Yeah. And you know that that when he was playing for England and things like that, fair play to the lad then. But you know if he's if he's the one that we can rely upon and and Decore, I mean it's a lot of pressure on Decore's shoulders even from what we've spoke about for the last half hour, but also. Yeah what we have to do until the end of the season. I'm quite nervous about given that he's the only one or Beto are going to lead this line for us, Matt. So going back to your initial question from the start there, what else is there? Schmidt, did you put him in there? Did you have a, makesh- a makeshift striker? No, I, I think I think you just got to, I think you persist personally I persist with Carver Lewin for now. Like no other choice. I think I think what while while the core race back, I think you give it a few more games just to see if they can rekindle it. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write Calvert Lewin off as a Premier League striker. Like I feel like we went to a team that was a bit better than us, created a few more chances. Well, you know, from wide areas in particular, then I think he could still be effective. But yeah, like I, I just, I just look at, I just look at the way we play and the demands that are on that centre forward, like physical, physically, and I just don't know. Like he's obviously fit and playing now, but he doesn't look sharp. He looks like he's been ground down by just. Challenge in the air, the challenge in the air, running the channels. Like, and I don't think he can necessarily do that that job anymore. Like, he looked, he looked like he could when he first came back into the team. There were some games. I remember born for home. We won three 0 and he didn't score, but he was absolutely fantastic. And it was like it was like the old Calvert Lewin when he first came to Everton. But like, I don't know if he's got that consistently in him anymore. Um, and and also I think the other the other factors to probably consider is that. Would would any striker in the world have scored ten goals for us this season if, they, if they've been playing up front for us? Like yeah. with, the, with the way yeah. we play, like we're, we're not a team that like plays great crosses into the box or Fred's like nice little through balls into the path of the striker. It is agricultural. It is you've got a battle. Like most of our goals come with three or four bodies on the floor on the goal line and it hits someone's arse and, and goes in. Like that that's the way we score goals, isn't it? It's it's yeah, not it's, it's not yeah. like an inventive attacking way of playing so I don't know like the, the one thing I'd say is that like, a striker's a goal can change anything on it like and if, if he yeah. scores on Monday then all of a sudden he he feels he's got his mate the core back um, he feels much better about himself and he could go on, on a little run so we'll have to wait and see Um, but I'd, I'd personally be, be tempted to stick with him Um, yeah. be interested to see what other people think about that in, in the comments as well yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, watching on YouTube gives a shout Um. Just last quick shout, Dave. Anything catch your eye from from the football and world this weekend you'd like to bring up before we wrap up? 
Yeah, I did. I did like obviously the, the results of the weekend was what Arsenal did over at West Ham, and up up to the final whistle, I just loved what Declan Rice was doing to his former side that he still loves because he ripped them apart on his own. Who the guard as well? All, wasn't it? Oh, it was absolute peach. And the only thing that ruined it was for me. He's got he runs around as fast as he can, clapping everyone and. None of that for me. I don't want any. I don't want to see any of that. Like I said, I the Charleston. I don't want to see any of that. I'd have loved if he just put two fingers up to them and said, "No, you're just shit," and walked out saying we could win the league with Arsenal. But his performance there and Arsenal in general, that to me looked like they're seriously, seriously in this title race because it was around this middle patch of the season towards the end where they started dropping some points and things to go there and win six nil. I mean, Saka would be the easiest, the easiest player to choose for most of their games when they go and win them, and he, he's all over the places, and he's he's just a cracking player. Um, I do I do like a player going back to where they used to play and, and doing something nice against them. That goal he scored was stunning as well, wasn't it? To put it in yeah. the top corner. I think Trossard goes a little bit under the radar as well. He's been a great yeah, signer for them. Yeah, he plays everywhere across the front line. Brilliant yeah, finisher, yeah. great link player. Um. I'm still not totally convinced by Arsenal, I've got to say. Like they, they were amazing at the weekend, but I still think it'll ultimately come down to City and Liverpool just because they, they've been there and, and done it in terms of yeah. staying at the pace. Um, I, I watched the, well, I tried to watch a couple of games on Saturday night. Um, Leverkusen absolutely smashed by Munich 3 yeah. 0. If you saw that, um, Bayern had one shot on targets in the entire game, it was an absolute demolition job. So, yeah. Leverkusen are five points clear now. Um, Hopefully Alonso sees sense and doesn't fancy uh, taking over. I mean, it'd just be typical then, wouldn't it? Like they've had this, they've had this like elite manager for eight years, and then all of a sudden, like one of their club icons has just suddenly become one of the best managers in Europe, and he's going to fall right into it. It's amazing how things work out for them, isn't it? Um, I'm not going as far as that exaggeration, but it is Liverpool, so they normally will get that. Just, just a gammy, uh, just a jammy gang of idiots, aren't they? Yeah, everything falls for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. one... And it's just, it's just the easiest thing to go and do, isn't it? You will clash yeah. midfield. There's one Champions League for you and things like that. Oh, he's doing well. He's beat the best side that's been in Germany for decades. He's gone and won the league against them. Leverkusen haven't won it for, I don't think until like. Yeah, ages. The times, and then he, he goes and does that, and, and you know, I think that's a simple choice. Any any my mates who are Reds are like, you just go and get him. It's it's a simple choice, and I was like, well, he hasn't had. He's only just had a year as as in management. Not too sure, but like when you he's see, done a, he's done a couple of other jobs, hasn't he? He's with Sociedad's B team for a bit. Yeah, um, and he was well. for a bit as well, wasn't he? Yeah, so he's um. Yeah. So yeah, but listen, it, I mean, whatever happens there, it's, it, whoever comes in, it's going to be hard to replace the the fella going out. But just one yeah. other thing I wanted to mention from the weekend as well: um, Girona got absolutely smashed by Real Madrid, didn't they? Felt like sort of yeah. natural order restored, sadly in in Spain. Um, with yeah. That, but, um, so Bayern know, doesn't do the same, eh? Yeah, well, but Bayern is one of those other teams where I just always seems to fluke the way to the last day of last season. They managed to do it somehow, didn't they? As well, but um, yeah, hope it's City we, as well this season, mate. Yeah, yeah, well, or Arsenal. Um, <laughs> all looting the way there, going, who knows? Um, right. <laughs> Loot well, the Saints, mate. Yeah. Well, you go back to the season, the start of the season when you said, nah, it's fine, we're safe. Looting to the side, I'm saying it is now. Ross, Ross Barkley could be in the English squad and everything, apparently, couldn't he? Um, incredible. He has been incredible. I don't want to give him any credit whatsoever, but he's ran the show for them in most yeah. games I've seen. He's out of contract in the summer as well. He's going to leave that oh, one there. You know. 
if he wants to come and play in the championship, then he's you know. No, Dave, come on. We'll get our points back and he'll come and play in the Europa League for us or the conference one. What's that fella been doing as well? He turned up and went the game, didn't he? Last oh, week. Super Silco. I, I don't even know what's going on with that fella, mate. So yeah. it looked like a mugshot. Someone going. I, I shouldn't know who that man is. Like that. That's like f- football shouldn't be about knowing who these lawyers are or Richard Masters is or anything. Like I just want to. I just yeah. want to. I like. I want to like our players, not our legal team. You know. Yeah. Come on. You don't um, want to see him at any points in the news, do you? Other than he's he's left and someone else has taken over as the and by the way and finally, yeah, yeah, mate, it's at the top of our list, unfortunately, isn't it? And there's still there's still lost. It's will we do in the next week or so for some could sort of announcement? Week. Could be this week, yeah. So got yeah. a lot to look forward to as well. Um, and then obviously when that's done, we'll have the next one as well. So yeah, yeah, this football club. Uh, well, we will leave it there. Blue. Albert Loon will be happy because we won't be talking about him if all of this shit happens. <laughs> he, loves he loves playing against Palace. He'll score on um, Monday. Yeah. He'll go record against them. Let's hope so. There we go. Uh, we'll wrap it up there anyway. Uh, Palace and Chelsea still nil-nil. So, fingers crossed. Um, the lads from London, West London, can get the job done um, over yeah. there. Rival south of the river. But, yeah, we'll leave it there. Cheers to Dave. Cheers to everybody for listening. Leave us a rate and leave us a review on iTunes, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, click the like button, subscribe. Let us know your thoughts on any of that stuff we spoke about today. We'll be back later in the week with Subs Weekly, Weekly Weekend Preview, and all the usual stuff as we build up to that game against the Eagles next Monday. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.